Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, you have once again entered a world of survival horror. Good luck. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? Me? I'm doing well. There we go. (laughs) There we go. First success of the year. It is late 2017, (laughs) and we are just getting to our first success. Mark it off your NCS bingo card. (laughs) Mark finally said that he's doing well instead of doing good. Um, I stumbled for a second over what year it was. I said, we're just getting to the end of 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't fully convinced that's the year we're still in. Uh, And yet here we are. Um, Mark, doing doing well? Doing well. Mm -hmm. Excited for tonight. We're going to be talking about a series that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh But uh, which had two entries in it that we have uh, had never played before. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'm a little bit... So Resident Evil. We're talking about Resident <laughs> Evil. Yeah, there's no reason to be cagey about no, it. No, no, no. We're talking about Resident <laughs> Evil, and it's a series I love. I've kind of fallen behind though. Like, yeah, I would. Yeah, but um, same. Ha- haven't played seven. Had never played these Rev- uh, Revelations game before. I've never played six. Yeah, I've never really played six either. I n- I never finished five. Oh, I I did finish five. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you're familiar with punching the boulder? You just don't uh, understand it in context. Have you seen like the the like gifs or like the memes or anything? Why don't you tell me about punching the boulder? Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, so at the end of Resident Evil Five, you have to punch an enormous boulder. Wait, why? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, who could explain the mysterious ways that Resident Evil works? Uh, that's that's a great point. Uh, but so we are going to be talking about Resident Evil Revelations One and Two on the um, Nintendo Switch. Um, but first, we just want to check in on the um, Sonic Forces. Uh, borrowing program uh if you are interested in borrowing my copy of sonic forces on switch you are welcome to do it just send me an email with your address and i will send it to you when it comes to me when it comes back to me it is already out in the wild it is on a bogus uh, adventure journey bogus journey oh that was embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> so no promises as to when you will receive it right also i assume someone will rip me off at some point <laughs> and sonic forces won't make its way back i'm hoping it does at least once yeah um but we'll see also maybe a a steam account is being set up look which we don't fully endorse or really understand no um but it does sound cool uh so yes if you're interested in that you can uh email your address to nintendo cartridge society at at gmail.com Uh, or you can use that email address for any questions or comments you have. We're going to be talking about Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2. We'd love to hear your experiences with that game. Um, Also hit us up on Twitter, at Nincart Society, and on the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. But Mark, let's get into the conversation about these games. All right, so it's a little tough. Two games dropped at once, right? Um, And they've been out for a little over a week at this point. Um, So you picked up Resident Evil Revelations 1. Mm -hmm. 
I picked up the collection that had both, um, so I could play two. Because at, at at first, um, my first thought was like, yeah, I will also play Resident Evil uh, Revelations one, but then I was like, it's not really how video games work. Like, for the most part, the sequel is going to be better than the original. Um, you know, it's it's not a movie, it's not a book series or whatever. Um, games get better as they progress, so I skipped right to two. Well, especially because I are the games related at all like when does revelation oh my gosh this is gonna be problematic when does resident evil revelations 2 take place in the series canon late so in series the first one takes place between four and five okay i believe this must take place so this takes place at least after five okay because they make reference to the disease the ouroboros disease from five or virus disease (laughs) i don't know uh so yeah maybe i mean they're they're connected in that they're in the same universe right what so laid out laid out for me what the first resident evil revelations uh is about like what's what's the the hook of this game it takes place between four and five like what is it oh man i don't even know that i can fully explain this to you um, mostly because I don't really understand it. Right. It jumps around in time. It's like you're at one point in time, and then here's some characters from like earlier in time. Well, Why we did it this way, I couldn't tell you. So who are who are your protagonists? Oh, okay. So you play uh, initially. So spoon feed me everything. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> so you play initially as mm. Jill Valentine Great. and Parker Luciani. Posey? <laughs> Okay, so uh, Jill Valentine, obviously one of the two main protagonists from Resident Evil, the original, uh, also in Resident Evil 3, she's a protagonist there. Um, is that it? Does Jill then go away? She, I, she's she's in, in 6, six I think. I think yeah. every, everyone's in 6. Yeah. Um, so, okay, and then uh, Parker Luciani, or whatever you said, is that a new character for this game, or is that... We're not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't have any memory of him previously. Oh, he's a dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he seems to be a thing (laughs) because they don't explain where he came from or why he exists. Okay. Well, let me address that briefly because there is a little bit in in Revelations 2 where they encounter characters that uh, I believe are new to the game that our characters are just like, oh, hey, Pedro, or whatever. <laughs> and they're just like talking to him as though we all know who these characters are. So m- maybe he's the thing, but maybe he's not already a thing. Maybe. I mean, there's no like, hey, it's you. It's just like, oh, we're here. Oh, okay. Um, it, oh, and then Jessica. Okay, so that, that's who you play as primarily initially. Uh-huh. And you're looking for Chris Redfield. Right. Which is uh, one of the protagonists from the original game and um, like Code Veronica and uh, geez, a bunch of them. Um, But looking for Chris Redfield is that's uh, Claire's whole deal in the second Resident Evil revelation or second Resident Evil game. (laughs) So you uh, uh, Jill and Parker go to a a cruise ship called the Queen Zenobia. And that's where the majority of the game takes place. You will also eventually play as Chris Redfield. Okay. okay, so sorry. So in the first game, you you are with a partner, but you only ever play as one person. Okay. So at a time. 
So you'll you play primarily as Jill when you're on the cruise ship. You will occasionally play as Chris Redfield when they uh like meet up with you. There's a character named Jessica uh Sherawat, and you never play as her, but she's always around okay. as part of the plot. And then uh there's a couple of times where you play as Parker. But basically the majority of it takes place on this cruise ship called the Queen Zenobia. It's uh, kind of like a ghost ship. You know, there's no crew or anything left. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that, surprise, there's a virus. Of course. On the cruise ship. Um, the cruise ship itself is actually, like, a neat way to keep it self-contained. So they can reuse the yeah. same, like, environments a lot. And also, it kind of has the feel of, you know, the uh, mansion from Res- from the original Resident Evil. Because you're spending, or I guess a lot of the Resident Evil games... Because you know the um, uh, the rooms, whatever state, the state rooms, sure, of the cruise ship are uh adorned very much. Oh, sure. Like so the, it's like ornamental. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you spend a lot of time in that kind of like crisscrossing over the same area? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, a lot of backtracking. There's a lot of backtracking in this game. A lot of, and even when you like go to different time, uh, periods or different locations. Any location you encounter, you are sure to see at least two more times. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that makes sense. Um, so uh, the the thought occurred to me that people might not want to be have these game stories spoiled for them, but I I feel like both of them have been out for so long. Like the Resident Evil Revelations, the first one came out on the 3DS, was like I think close to launch. Yeah, yeah it was just and about so a launch. So it's been around since like 2012. It's on a lot of platforms. So I think we're gonna be speaking fairly freely yeah i agree and also uh i mean for as much as i like resident evil and enjoy its story it's nonsense okay i have to say i i have stopped enjoying the story okay um like this one reminded me so much uh, a game that i enjoyed by the way i liked i played through the campaign i enjoyed the campaign Mm -hmm. um but the story in this game reminded me so much of the prequels because the star wars prequels yeah the star okay. wars prequels okay because it's like uh from where the original star wars trilogy like the story and like the adventure in those games yeah yeah to the very like diplomatic oh really focused oh this one is all about like bureaucracy it's so weird it's like there's two competing uh government agencies one that's bad one that's good and it's all about them, like, trying to, like, get the upper hand on each other. First and double crossing and triple crosses. And you're like, I don't care about any of this. Remember when this was just about, like, Shooting investigating zombies? murders that turn out to be zombies in, uh... Yeah, rural somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Some mountain town. Look, Mark, first of all, we know all government agencies are evil. <laughs> first of all. Um... Yeah, that's that's a little bit disappointing. Um, I I know this game does have a reputation for being, uh, full of that like really crappy Resident Evil voice acting. Can you confirm or deny? Okay, honestly, the voice acting I didn't think was that bad. Oh, okay. I thought the um, uh, like story that they were delivering <laughs> was real awful. There's also a character named Raymond. Are you familiar with this guy? He, I don't think so. Okay, he's like, re, he kind of looks like Conan O'Brien. 
Like he's really tall and lanky. It has oh, tyrant? It almost has the to tyrant? Be, it almost has to be on purpose. He's really tall and lanky, has sh- shocking red hair. What's his name? That like swoops. His name is Raymond. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking him up on the Resident Evil yeah, wiki I'm right now. Trying to remember his last name. Uh Vester? Raymond, Raymond Vester. Vester. He's hideous looking. <laughs> and he features prominently in the game. But he's another one that I'm like, who? Maybe he's in five, and I don't really remember the intricacies of the story of five. Sure. But so, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're spending time on this cruise ship uh, controlling either Jill or Parker or Chris, or Chris um, and kind of hopping around through time. Uh, but was it fun? Was it scary? Like, what? It wasn't scary. Okay. So I feel like once... Uh, I don't know. It, it definitely, there was one or two moments where like it was very atmospheric mm-hmm. and I ended up playing mostly on handheld in handheld mode. And part of that was because it looks fine in, on docked. It looks fine on my TV, Yeah, but it looks really good in handheld. Sure. Uh, it's crazy that this was a 3DS game. Yeah. I mean, that's, so that's why is that it's only ever intended to be on an itty bitty screen. But sometimes you're like, yeah, I get it. Like it, it feels like a 3DS game that's just been upresed. Sure, but yeah. So I can't even remember where I was going with that. Uh, I think we were talking about like the story, the experience of. Oh yeah, I had uh, a lot of fun. Playing it. Yeah, like I enjoyed it. Um, d- have you played it at all with the pointer controls, or uh, I guess like on- the gyro controls more correctly because it's not really using like pointer or anything. So on in in this game, mm-hmm. um, I there was a, a second where I tried to use them in Revelations two, and it doesn't, it it didn't. I don't know if I have to like turn them on. Oh yeah, you have to turn them on turn them in on. like options. Okay. Um, um, I will. Um, because I I found myself you know I've been playing so much um Switch lately that like anytime I'm aiming something, it's become like second nature to me to kind of like just like tilt to fine tune yeah, the controls. Yeah, and that, that's what it, like initially I thought it was going to be more like Resident Evil 4 style where it's like pointer, but it's yeah. not. It's much more just like an adjustment. Sure, sure, sure. To like the aiming that you're already doing. Yeah. But yeah, it's not really scary because these games have become so like military and combat focused Yeah. that there's not really room for atmosphere. Okay, interesting. You know, like I, I never felt, I never really felt overpowered, or sorry, like by enemies. Oh, I sure. Always you felt like you I was... always felt like you were OP. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, it is so it it the res uh, revelations one plays more like a if you had to liken it to an existing um or a previously existing Resident Evil, how, how would you describe it? I think it's the... Um, I would say it's the closest to five. Okay. Where, like, it's more combat-focused, but they still have... You still have, like, some limitations, so it's not just a straight-up, like, run-and-gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's interesting. I'm... I don't know... Like, I, I'm probably going to go back and, and play um the, the first one after after I finish two. Um, which I have not yet finished to. Um, but it was, should, should we use this as a as an opportunity to pivot to talking about the the second game? Um, so the second game was originally released episodically. Um, so you get the game in you know they're still like in ep- episodic chunks. Um, but 
in uh, you know all you have them all at once you don't have to wait for them right um but so the uh the the first episode i'm like in the middle of the second right um and the the first episode starts with uh you are playing claire redfield um and you are joined by um barry burton's daughter moira um and moira's like you know a, a college student or something and she is working with claire for their oh what, what's the name of the organization it's the terra something um terra save um they are in in the business of like cleaning up uh you know viruses that turn people into zombies <laughs> basically it's a it's a very niche thing that they do but they do it all over the world um and so the the game starts with them at like a fundraiser gala or something like that and then like smash cut to they've been kidnapped <laughs> and they're on an island um and then you spend the first half of this episode as those two characters wandering around this island trying to get free obviously there are zombies um and so like they they reach a a point um where they've put out like a radio message um that they need to be rescued and then the game like cuts entirely new perspective now you are Barry um in search of his daughter and Claire on that same island um and right when he gets to the island he encounters a young girl named Natalia um and uh every everyone that wakes up on this island has a bracelet that um is communicating uh to them from some woman called like a controller or something so you know some like ominous sounding title um and there is like a little color code on the bracelet that says like uh you know you're uh calm scared infected and mutant um and the little girl's bracelet is showing the mutant color all the time um so Barry and this little girl uh Natalia are ex- exploring uh the the island and um you know it's the same space that you were just through um and like all the traps and stuff that you triggered as claire and um moira are like now traps that you have to like deactivate as as barry so like all of the little things that you put in place to defend yourself the first time you were through the space are now like against you is that a fun mechanic or is that annoying no it's kind of really cool because like you're playing and you're like oh i know i know this like i i know where all these things are um and you know similarly there were uh some like weapon upgrade um things that i didn't pick up the first time through um that i saw like later as barry was like oh i can pick this up now so like there's a little bit of um you know in resident evil 2 uh you're playing through like the one scenario and you get to a point where you can either pick up like the semi-automatic weapon or the um, like inventory expander and you can take both if you want to or you can leave them both for like the second playthrough person to use there's a lot of like that kind of thing where it's like i can take this now or leave it for later um but then uh so just to skip ahead to the end of the first episode um you get to like that same radio tower where moira put out um you know the uh sos call and um you know barry plays it and then, like, the little audio log is, like, recorded six months, you know, something like that. So, like, you realize then that so much time has passed since your first set of characters were there. So um, I haven't gotten uh, to catch back up with uh, Barry and um, the little girl. Uh, but it's cool that, like, they these are also on, like, two separate, like, time tracks, um, sort of, like 
with Barry investigating what happened on the island. I don't know. It's really cool. And the uh, like structure of the game, it encourages you to like go back and replay episodes to like gain more points. Is, is there like a, a, a character upgrade system in the first game? No. Okay. So it's, it's not maybe like a character upgrade so much as it is like a universal character upgrade. There's like a skill tree that you spend um, these like BP battle, maybe they're battle point, who knows, something points, B points, <laughs> um, where you spend them so that like your characters, uh, you know, can use herbs more efficiently. So it, it's like, you know, 110% of what it normally does. Uh, or um, that you have uh, an attack where like as you're running in, you use the knife, they like kind of tackle and like use it um, and get little like damage uh, boosts to like that sort of stuff. Um, or just like increasing the, you know, what, whatever little abilities. So like as you earn those battle points and as you do each episode better, it gives you a grade based on like how many times you have to retry, um, like uh, enemies killed and um, like healing items used and stuff like that. So it, it's like constantly grading you and then like giving you the option to go back and like do it again better. Um I have not, as of yet, been, like, driven back to, you know, there's something, like, as I'm playing it, I just want, like, the experience of the game. Um, but, like, I don't know, it, it's cool as I'm playing to be, like, oh, the characters got stronger, they got a little bit better, um, which is not something I'm accustomed to in a Resident Evil. Like, you used to just, like, getting more weapons you yeah know? that's cool there's not really anything like that in the first game the first game is broken up into episodes and mm -hmm. i think that's like a nod to the fact that it came from the 3ds yeah you know so like to make it a more handheld friendly or oh, like sure. portable yeah. friendly experience and at the end of each like sub chapter and chapter you get graded yeah on your accuracy how many times you died and completion time i believe and it gives you BP, but there's, as far as I can tell, no utility for BP in the campaign itself. Interesting. Um, there are, like, weapon upgrades, but you collect those during your exploration, and then you can, like, swap them out. Uh, but there's no, like, you don't upgrade characters or, like, attributes or anything like that. So it sounds, like, too, it's too scary. Is it, or is it, does, is it more atmospheric? Uh, so it, it's very atmospheric. Um, the uh, the first like prison thing that you're in, you, you know, you're picking up, and th th this might be true of the first one as well. But like picking up notes and diaries and like drawings from um, like characters that have been there previously. Yeah, it's it's like it's totally atmospheric, and like there have been a bunch of times that I have been like scared or like kind of like overwhelmed. There, there's a part in the like overwhelmed in like a, a scary kind of way. Um, there is a part in the second episode of Revelations 2 that is basically like the, um, the siege on the house in Resident Evil 4 that I just, like, it was great. I was down to, like, you know, two shotgun shells and, like, you know, just in bad shape. Um, and, I, like, I had that kind of, um, like, desperation moment. It was really exciting and, like, fun and scary. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I think I think the game's really quite good. Um, and the... With the exception of, like, the story stuff at the beginning, it seems like a, a relatively straightforward story of just, like, these people who, you know, fight against uh, zombies are kidnapped, 
and they have to fight for their freedom, and Barry fights to save them. You know, like, it's very simple. I'm sure there will be twists in it that make it more ridiculous, um, but, like, a surprisingly relatable Resident Evil story at, at, at that point. It's interesting because as these games have become, I guess, more combat-focused, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't find... I don't find the combat all that enjoyable. Sure. So, I mean, I feel like I play a lot of these games for, like, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and uh, that... I, I don't even know, like, that, that, like, scared or, like, overwhelmed feeling. Yeah. Um, and for me, the first Revelations games game puts a lot of emphasis on, like, uh, you're going to enter a new space, and then uh, enemies are going to come, like, pouring out. Oh, okay. You know, and then you are going to kill them in this arena, and then you'll explore some more. And there are certain, and or, like, backtrack, or, like, do certain things. And there are certain, like, areas that break that up that are, like, a little different. And it's not, like, Doom or anything. Like, it's not, uh you know, like, literally, they're just going to, like, keep pouring in until right, you, right. like, hit a certain trigger or something like that. Uh, but it feel the first game feels really, like, combat-focused to me, which seems so strange, especially since the started life as a 3DS title. Right. Um, but the moments when it is, like, the best are when you're in, like, tight, confined spaces and you uh, have to, like, maneuver around them mm-hmm. instead of trying to, like, engage them in combat. And uh, you end up doing that a lot in certain sections because there are rooms when you're trying from like go from one area of the ship to the other, you'll have to go through like a kitchen or something, and then we'll have uh, stacks of shelves, and there'll be a few enemies roaming, and so it's just easier to just like try to weave your way through it sure, yeah. and like dodge them. Uh, and then there's a, a character named, I think her name is Rebecca, and she's like a researcher that was on the ship or something like that. Uh-huh. And she will show, she shows up at various times in the game, and she has like a really powerful attack. And so you have to, you basically just like stun her and kill her and then, or stun her and then run away instead of trying to like kill her. And moments like that are the most fun where you're like, oh, this enemy is, this particular enemy it's a better option for me to run away than it is to attack. Yeah, sure. Like, that's the most fun. When it becomes, like, a gun-heavy, like, military thing, like, the final boss is just kind of, like, shoot this chain gun. Yeah, sure. Right, and just keep doing it. And yeah. that's, like, that's less fun. I mean, I think all Resident Evil game, maybe not all, but uh, especially as they get, like, later in the series, have a problem with endings, where it's just, like, the end of Resident Evil 2, you're just, like, fighting a giant wall of, like, flesh, you know? And it's just like, all right, what's, <laughs> what is this? And, and that's also true of, like, 4, which is my yeah. favorite one, where, like, the bosses and kind of the further you get into that game, yeah. the less interesting it is. It just becomes more... I mean, the final boss, you're, like, off with a rocket launcher yeah and i mean that that's pretty common like that's how you that's how you finish off like the tyrant in the original uh resident evil you know you like run around on the helipad for like a little bit hope he doesn't kill you (laughs) and then someone throws down the uh the uh rocket Rocket launcher Launcher. um yeah it's i i i think that uh revelations 2 finds a nice balance between um, the sort of like action focus and uh, being a little bit more 
atmospheric and like tense um whether whether your your main character is claire or barry you always have uh, another character with you who is not fighting like who doesn't have a, a, a weapon um moira won't carry guns um and the the little girl also you know is a little girl so um you know they they both have like sub weapons that like uh moira carries a crowbar which you then also use to like open boxes and stuff um and she'll use that as like a defensive weapon but you know there's always like a little bit of a power imbalance where you're like this one character has to clear out the room and this other one has to maybe like scope it out a little bit or um but it's just like limited and vulnerable in that way so in Resident Evil, in Revelations 2, it looked like there's a split-screen mode yeah. for the campaign. Mm-hmm. So in the game itself, are you playing... Do you have the option to switch between the two characters? Yes, on the fly. Okay, so that's yeah. like Resident Evil 5 in that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you just push X in your, the, the other character for a little bit. And, you know, your companion character, like, stays with you for the most part. Unless you get to a, a point where they're necessarily separated. Because, like, someone can squeeze through and someone else cannot. Um. I also yeah. think some of my, not even complaints, because again, I enjoyed the game, but uh, feeling overpowered and having like all this ammo and stuff is because I didn't play on the most, uh, the biggest or highest difficulty. Mm-hmm. And I think if you were like really going for that survival horror experience, yeah, you think that's how you would somewhere. do it. Yeah. Because I'm sure it limits your ammo and enemies do more damage and everything like that. So you do have to be more strategic. Yeah. Whereas on like normal, it just felt like you're just mowing them down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the raid mode? Yeah. Uh, so we took uh, the opportunity between our episode recordings to play a little bit of the raid mode. Just the the two of us in uh, Revelations two um, have yet to check it out in the first one. Um, but it uh, the switch supports a split screen um, like co op mode. Uh, but it looks like you can also do we I mean we didn't totally experiment with all all of the options, but it seems like you can do online play with just like randos um to do uh like these little co-op uh basically like um horde horde mode kind of uh arena things. Um and uh it was super fun. Yeah, I'd say it's a little different from horde mode. Well, I guess not, because horde mode pretty much is just like waves of enemies. Yeah, coming I'm, at you, and that's is—is is there a definition of horde mode beyond that? No, okay, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I guess this does fit the definition. <laughs> or I guess only because I think of horde mode as being, um, I, uh, like you're in an arena, sure, and this has a little bit more like exploration, like levels you're going through. Yeah, that like you clear out one chunk of the arena and then like move on to uh, an- another set of hallways and and rooms and stuff. Um. But we were definitely overpowered in that. Yeah. And uh, we were just doing like, we played the first few levels and the enemies were yeah. leveling up, but there was at no point where we uh, like wanted for ammo. There was no point where we wanted for health. Right. But there is just something fun about like mowing down a bunch of zombies with your friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was surprised that the... Switch, and I mean, I guess this is a uh, PlayStation 3 game, right? So, um, you know, la- last generation hardware, but like the uh, the Switch can handle running that uh, split screen version of that, um, processing it twice, um, and looked 
you know and played fine like there were no frame rate drops or, or anything like that um was fun and looked good i wonder if it's possible to play online with friends so it was unclear to me it looked like it was uh you could play online with random people um but there's also like a a local um option there so i wonder if you can get two people together with two switches and play uh the horde mode or the raid mode in Re- uh, Revelations 2 together. Because um, that, I think, would be awesome. Super fun. Also, as for as much as I enjoyed Revelations, and from what you're saying, like I'm interested in playing Revelations 2, definitely the staying power of these games seems to be in the raid mode. Yeah. Because we just played a little bit, but I was ready to play more. And it has so many customization options. It yeah, seems like, like a, limitless, like a ton. Um, and yeah, there, there's, there's a, a lot of, like the progression is in in so many different dimensions, right? Like that you can you unlock these uh like albums, uh, which are we think new weapons and like new upgrades to weapons. Um, but then on top of that and customizing the weapons, you can like add you get like skill points to upgrade the abilities of your characters. Um. And emotes, gotta <laughs> gotta upgrade them emotes. And you start out with like six characters you can choose from, but mm-hmm. there's more that are unlockable. Yeah. And each character has like different loadouts or things they can carry. Yeah. Um, like you were playing as Hunk and you could have four weapons. I was playing as... Uh, Wesker. Wesker. Mm-hmm. I was going to call him Vesper. <laughs> <laughs> no, Raymond Vesper. <laughs> Uh, and you could have two weapons. I could have two weapons. But it looked like you could unlock um like those other weapon slots at higher levels. Yeah. Right. Um but yeah, and I, it was just like I don't know, it was cool to see uh also the way the game like expressed those characters' personalities um like through the gameplay. Um you know, everyone has like a, a close up like finisher kind of thing when you like stun a zombie and hunk uh like with the zombie on the ground like pulls out a gun and just like I don't know, it's like straight arm like caps him like, like execution in, style. Yeah, it is brutal when he does it. Wex are like curb stomps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's I don't know. It's it's weird that like those extreme acts of violence <laughs> are expressing these characters' personalities. Uh but it does. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I could I could see spending a lot of time with the raid mode here, especially if like we're playing it together. Yeah. Um. Or if you know any um NCSers out there wanted to play with us, I I think that would be super fun. Uh, it sounds like. I mean, I enjoyed my time with Revelations. Oh, I just have to say, there's a lot of swimming. In this game. Okay. Yeah, like uh, I have encountered no swimming. In, in different two. parts of this. Uh, cruise ship will flood at different parts of the story and so you'll have to like swim I found the swimming controls infuriating (laughs) Uh, absolutely hated those portions of the game but as much as I enjoyed Revelations overall it sounds like of the two to get Revelations 2 seems like a much more I guess like polished game yeah i mean i've i've been enjoying it a a ton so far um i i mentioned i picked up the the retail copy um and so the retail version of the game just has revelations one on it and then it comes with a download code for two it's not like the cartridge unlocks it it's an, an actual code um there's an expiration date on the code so i have to use it before december 31st 
27 99 <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was amazing. $27.99. But not the year 2800 No, no. If I wait until the year 2800 I am out of luck. I cannot redeem this thing I spent $40 on 800 years ago. <laughs> um. Yeah, so weird. Like, you can, you can bring that back. You can say twenty five hundred. That's fine. <laughs> I don't need to have it forever. Um. Yeah. So I I I think I agree with you that um, if one of these games is a is a a game to pick up and the other one is a game to not, um, that probably uh two is where it's at. But you know, again, we've only really had the experience of one of one of them each. So, you know, we we may be limited in that. Um, if you've got uh, any experience with either of these games, either as they appear on Switch or elsewhere, uh, please let us know. Um, we're really enjoying them. Would like to know other people's experience. Uh, so write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail or get us on Twitter or on Facebook. We're at Nincart Society or just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, Mark, was there anything else you wanted to add about your experience with Resident Evil Revelations before we get out of here? No, I'm glad I picked it up. It is interesting to me since i have not played a resident evil game for a few years at this point yeah um how far the series has come from what i think of it as in my head yeah and like what a huge change it really was for resident evil 7 yeah sure yeah well yeah it seems like it seems like this is a few changes back right like because i feel like by you're right, it does feel pretty similar to 5 in terms of the way it controls. Um, but it has a similar, at least number 2 at any rate, a similar like scale aesthetic to like 4 or even like Code Veronica, where things don't get huge and crazy, you know? They get, like, everything is pretty measured um, to the point that I've played. Uh, whereas like 6, the characters are like, you know flipping motorcycles and you know you know what i mean um that the 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 threats and the abilities of the characters all feel more grounded in this yeah i feel like they definitely tried to thread the needle between um like what people expect from classic resident evil mm -hmm. and the more modern like action focused takes on the game and i think for the most part my experience with the first with the first revelations is that it is it successfully does so yeah there uh it if it, it if it does one thing it leans more towards the action part of it for sure but that's what the series had become at that point yeah well and also like you know for as much as we romanticize like old resident evil and like that you know nerve-wracking feeling of like oh my god am i gonna make it back to the safe room and use my last ink ribbon to save so i can go to bed tonight um and not lose all my progress do I want that experience anymore? You know, like, uh, not really. Like, I still, I still want a game to, to scare me and have, like, cool atmosphere and stuff. Um, but, like, you know, I'm 35 years old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, I, if I sink an evening into playing a, a game, I, I want it to, you know, have, I don't want to have to play it again, you know, the, the, the next night. Um, so some modernization, I guess, is good, is, is what I'm saying. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe and all of that on Apple Podcasts. We love it when you do it.
We yeah, love we it. do. We love it when you do it. Um, follow us on Twitter and check out the Facebook page. If you like Mark and Mine's opinions, we write about comic books on RightConFudge.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can find his music by going to ApeAtBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thanks for listening. Network.